to the Simply Healthy You podcast, your place for overcoming overwhelm with your health to reach your fullest potential. I'm your host, Casey Kane, and I am so pumped to have you here. I'm a recovering burnt out high achiever who was diagnosed with an autoimmune thyroid condition by my early 30s. I didn't realize that running myself ragged in the name of being superwoman and determined to achieve all the things in life was killing my body. I created this podcast so that you don't have to continue the struggle like I did for over a decade. I sat down, studied the data, and simplified what it means to prioritize your own health needs so that you can be the best for all the things on your to-do list. Everything you hear on this podcast, I have tested and implemented in my own super-packed life with my family to bring you the tips, tools, and strategies that will keep your life simply healthy. friend. Welcome to another episode of the Simply Health You podcast. I'm so grateful to be infiltrating your brain with today's topic. My name is Casey Kane. I am a certified holistic nutritionist with a master's in psychology, and I'm here to bring you science-based conversations to help you live a healthier life, as well as my regular ramblings and things that just float into my brain that I want to share with you. Today's episode is completely off the cuff. If you haven't been here for a while, you might not know that I literally write notes for every single episode that I record, uh, mostly because when I think about a topic, there's a lot of points that I usually want to make in an episode, and I want to make sure that I don't forget anything. And I go off on a lot of tangents many of the times, and because I usually have so much to say about any given topic. And so I almost always have a full list of notes in front of me. So off-the-cuff episodes don't happen very often because I'm afraid they're kind of going to really go off the rails <laughs> and end up being like an hour-long episode episode of me rambling on. But anyway, we're not going to do that today. Today, I wanted to record this episode because I have been sharing on Instagram recently about anxiety that I have been experiencing. It's been probably about a decade since I've really felt anxiety manifesting for me in this way, or just in general. I, like I said, have a master's in psychology, and so I have a unique perspective and awareness on being able to recognize sometimes when some of these psychological things are going on in my brain and understanding the way in which these kinds of things manifest. And so I've done a lot of work with therapists in the past just because I am highly educated on this topic and took many counseling courses doesn't mean that I also don't benefit from hiring that outside expert at times. And I've talked about this in all aspects of life. I am not one to ever say that I am an expert at everything. No matter my level of education, I think there is always something that we can be learning from other people who have even studied the same thing that we have, but in a different way and from their unique perspective. And sometimes we really need that outside expert, whether we're talking about mental health or not. Sometimes we really need that outside expert to shed some light on something in a completely unbiased third party way. We need someone who is completely outside of our life, separate from any sort of relationships that we have to be able to provide that unique perspective. Because I really think that that holds a lot of value at times. You know, sometimes our closest friends and family can mean really well to help us with things, but they have a direct connection to us. They have a, a different perspective of us or a different handle on the situation because 
they are living life with us all the time. And again, while they may mean well, it might not be the help that we need. It might be further rationalization of the things that are pushing you to the brink with your mental health. And while I do think that there are challenges in life that we are going to always face and and things that are just hard seasons of life, I've been talking about this a lot on social media right now too. It's just a hard season of life for me right now as a mom, as a business owner, as a as a partner. You know, there's there's a lot of things going on in our life right now and a lot of changes and it's just one of those seasons. It's not going to be forever, but that doesn't make it necessarily easier to go through right now. Uh, you know, knowing that there's an end somewhere doesn't mean that it makes the trouble that is happening right now easier. And and I think sometimes we we that's why we rationalize, right? We normalize the fact that like, hey, everybody has these seasons. It's okay to have these seasons. And don't get me wrong. It's absolutely okay. It is okay to go through these seasons. It is okay to have a tough time. It is okay to have mental health issues. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. I do not feel like I am broken because I am struggling right now. And I don't feel like I should know better. I don't feel like I should be able to do better. Even though I have seen therapists in the past, I've done a lot of work on childhood trauma and all of those kinds of things. I still am not holding myself to this impossible standard that I need to be the best and I need to be better than going back to therapy at some point. And so I want to record this very quick episode to talk about that because I am tired of seeing, especially on social media, this rise of normalizing, if you will. I don't really know what other word to use here, but normalizing having mental health issues. Now, there's a a pro and a con to that, right? I want you to not feel like you are an alien. I want you to not feel like you are broken if you are having mental health issues right now. But I don't want to normalize these things to the extent that we think we are just supposed to live this way, that this is as good as life gets. As I have said, with physical health, just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. And what I see very dangerously happening right now is a lot of people sharing online, especially in in mom circles. I think I see this a lot. I see this a lot in the online entrepreneur circles that I'm in because I do a lot of my business online. You know, I see this with with different groups of people, but a, a very common trend that we are just supposed to operate at this level of burnout. And burnout has become a trendy term. And I've recorded episodes before on burnout, uh, whether it is full-blown adrenal fatigue, which is an actual physical issue you have now caused with your body uh, from not getting the help and support that you need, or just a, a, a regular level of burnout because you've been doing too much for too long and you've just been on all the time. And I do not want to see you not get help for the mental health issues that you might be experiencing right now. It is okay to have them. It is on, it is not okay to continue living with them every day and feeling like that is your only option. That because it's common, we just need to live with it and we just need to struggle through it and we don't get to be happy in this season of life because it's hard. That's hard seasons don't need to be unhappy seasons. That's not synonymous and I'm really tired of seeing that. And that is primarily my motivation behind sharing my anxiety struggle right now is, 
you know, I obviously also don't want to feel alone in my struggles. Sometimes mental health issues can feel extremely isolating. And so, of course, there is some personal aspect to sharing on social media that allows me to feel a little bit more validated. I received so many messages from from you, and it was amazing and, of course, helps me know that I am not alone. But my main motivation for sharing that and being vulnerable with that, not knowing necessarily what I would be met with, is to tell you that you deserve more that you deserve to get help and prioritize your needs over everything else that is causing your anxiety right now. Because if it's getting to that point where you are losing your ability to function, you are losing your ability to experience joy in your life where you once had joy, if you are waking up in the morning and feeling a sense of dread before you even start your day, that is not how you are supposed to live life. Just because it might be a hard season for you doesn't mean it needs to be an unhappy and miserable and struggling season. So that's one of my main messages I wanted to share in this off-the-cuff episode. The other thing that I want to mention, and I did talk about this in my Instagram stories a bit, but I want to talk about the ways in which anxiety can manifest. Because for me right now, I am not having panic attacks. And I I think we often associate anxiety with the more formal sort of definition of someone who is experiencing panic attacks or intense fear around certain situations. And that may be a way that your anxiety manifests. You might have specific situations that trigger anxiety for you that cause great fear and cause that panic attack type feeling that rise in heart rate and breathing and and all of that. That may be the case. But I think another very common way that anxiety manifests is through anger and through rage, especially when it is through, you know, throughout the day, a number of triggering events that might be going on. I do see this a lot when it comes to people who are very busy, people who have very packed schedules, who are always on and go, 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 go. And then somewhere around the end of the day, things get so heavy that anxiety has been building all day long and you've been doing your best to cope, 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 cope throughout the day. But at some point at the end of the day, there is a trigger that you're, you know, you're operating at a nine and it just takes that one more trigger to flip you up to a 10 and to cause this insane blowout, right? And you start screaming, you start yelling at everyone, you yell at your kids. Why can't you just fucking do this? Why isn't anybody eating dinner? Why isn't anybody cleaning up their toys? I mean, that seems to be what I'm saying these days, (laughs) but however it might manifest for you, Anger, these rage outbursts are definitely a very common way that anxiety will manifest for people, especially if you are a doer, especially if you are someone who likes to keep busy and and keep stacking things on your plate in almost a way to cope with that anxiety. Like, hey, if I just don't give myself any downtime, I can't feel this thing that I feel building in my body. I can just ignore it. I can keep moving on and like, I'll be fine. I'll get through it. It's just a season. And again, I think there is a healthy level of that. I think that, you know, there is a point where we can push along and you know, and deal with the uncomfortable feelings and be able to move ourselves forward. And I think that there is a healthy level of that. But when you're pushing so much to the point where you will melt down at some point, whether it is the the anger, sometimes this manifests as like an extreme sadness where sometimes people might feel that they're actually depressed. 
when in reality, it could be more of anxiety manifesting in this extreme breakdown at the end of the day, where you just lose it and you're sobbing, crying, inconsolable, and like unable to function at that point, right? These are some of the other ways that anxiety is very commonly manifesting or expressing for different people. And I wanted to bring that up in this off the cuff episode as well, because I think sometimes you don't you might not know that. We think of the classic definition, like I said, of, of panic attacks. And because I've studied this and obviously worked with a lot of people and, and worked in various settings before with my counseling skills, I have seen this manifest in, in a few different ways. So if you are someone who, you know, and maybe you've just thought like, oh, well, I get to the end of the day and then I've just had enough. So I'm just yelling and like, that's it. I, I would challenge you to take a closer look at that. Because while that may be the case, I'm just... It might just be I'm tired today and like I don't feel like dealing with any of this shit and like I'm just sick of it, right? There is definitely a normal level of that as well. I'm not saying that any time you have like a rage outburst that you are experiencing anxiety. But if it's something that's happening happening commonly, if you can identify some triggers. So for me right now, I'm having a lot of triggers around dinner time because you know me. I love food and I love cooking for the people I love. That is a way that I show affection to the people that I love and care about. And right now, you know, it's just, it's a very challenging time. My, my three-year-old is just, you know, I've been working with her for a long time on being able to try new foods and she has unfortunately picked up on some of the eating habits that my husband has, which he is working on and improving. But, you know, she's old enough now to see that, like, he always wants to eat his food separate. He doesn't like to eat his foods mixed together like I do. And so she has a lot of those issues. And in the past, I've been able to have a lot of patience with it. But there's that part of it. There's a part of, you know, my husband has anxiety around food. And so when he sometimes comes into the kitchen and not intentionally, but he comes into the kitchen, he sees what I'm making for dinner or that I'm mixing something together that he wouldn't want mixed together. And automatically there's a comment there, right? That's really triggering for me as well. And now, you know, we're at this point where there are so many other things happening throughout the day that like, there's just a lot on the plate. And so, and the kids are very challenging right now in the, in the past few weeks, the kids have been very challenging around dinner time. It's, it's just a high needs kind of day point in the day they're hungry and you know, we have an open floor plan. So like I can try to lock them in the playroom, but like reality is my three-year-old knows how to open baby gates, obviously. And so like they're out, they're running amok and they're either getting into cabinets and not leaving me alone because they, they just, they want me and they're hungry and you know, all these things. Right. And so dinner time has just become a clusterfuck for me. And that is, been so hard for me to deal with because it's normally a time where I will play some music and I will focus on making some food. Of course, still always keeping an eye on my kids, but it has never been this challenging to cook and watch them at the same time. And so that's taking a lot of the joy out of something that was very joyful for me. Then serving it to everyone and not knowing the reactions that I'm going to get, who's going to eat what, which is beyond my control. And again, normally I am able to say, hey, this is beyond my control. My job is to put the food in front of everyone. It's their job to eat. And I do truly believe that it is your job to eat. And I do not have to cater. I'm not going to be a short order cook. Like this is what I have made for dinner today. And I'm obviously thoughtful. I'm always making things that 
have some safe elements for my daughter and my husband while they are still working on their relationship with food. Uh, but uh, it's still challenging. It still doesn't change the fact that that's challenging. So it's very triggering for me. Meal planning has, has been causing me a bit of anxiety as well, because now I'm, you know, overthinking, can I make different meals that are going to be more appealing for them? I'm getting really bored with food. Like my son is doing well with eating and not having that, uh, not picking up on that same, like not wanting things to mix together or anything like that. He's been doing great with that. And, you know, I've been really conscious with introducing foods to him in that way, all mixed together a lot of the time. And, you know, he's getting bored. I'm getting bored. And so meal planning, like I want to try new things, but then I also, you know, look at a recipe and think, well, I'm not sure that my daughter and husband are going to like this or want to eat that part. And then I have to modify the recipe. And then it's like not even the recipe anymore. So it's not a surprise to me that this has become a trigger with everything else that has been added onto the plate. This is a very triggering point for me in the day. And I am not getting a break. My schedule is back to back to back to back. And I'm almost looking forward to winter because we will not have to be doing as much outside on the weekends um, to take care of our land and everything. And so I think identifying where your triggers are can be really helpful. It allowed me to have a productive conversation with my husband about where these rage fits are coming from and why they're happening at that particular point. It is building throughout the day. It's just by that point, I have, I'm already, I'm at a nine. There's, there's nowhere else to go but 10 at that point if something happens, you know? So I think that identifying your triggers is definitely beneficial. Figuring out what it is that is making you explode can help you identify if there's a trend there. And if there's a trend there, then perhaps this is anxiety manifesting for you. This is something that is causing you some internal angst and something that needs to be dealt with on a, on a deeper level and not something to be ignored. It's not just because you're tired. It's not just because you're overworked that day. It's not just because you need like a vacation. It's because you have this anxiety sort of building up in you. So that's all I really wanted to say for this off the cuff episode today. If you are experiencing anxiety or you think you might be in any way, shape or form, please feel free to reach out. There are so many people these days that do uh, virtual counseling. You know, if you feel like you can't fit it into my, into your schedule, cause I certainly do. <laughs> I certainly am like, okay, well I need, I need to go to therapy again now. I need some some ways to dissect this from an outside perspective. I need some new coping mechanisms. How do I do this for this stage of my life? Uh, but where the hell am I going to fit in an appointment with a therapist? I'm looking at virtual and I'm going to look to see who might be covered under my insurance uh, and start there with it. One of my friends recommended BetterHelp online. She had found that it was very helpful because so much of of therapy is really finding a therapist that you connect with. It's not necessarily always about the methods that they plan to use with you. Uh, sometimes that can be a factor. Like my husband is currently doing EMDR because we are specifically looking for someone who can help him with his trauma from his childhood. And so that is a unique thing that we were specifically looking for. But most of the time, the methods that the therapist uses isn't really what makes the relationship so productive. It's more of the connection that you have. And so BetterHelp was a great option for one of my friends who, you know, she tried someone out and they didn't connect well and it was easy for her to just switch and find someone else, right? You don't have to do a crap ton of research. It's easy to switch to another person if you find that you don't jive with someone. And so I will say that if you're, if you're needing therapy, like 
figure out a way to find someone that you connect with, not necessarily always just someone that pops up on the list. It's first covered under your insurance or things like that. I understand that there is a financial commitment to getting therapy, but making sure that you connect with your therapist is going to be what truly helps you have a really productive relationship and get the results that you need to help you in your life. So if you're dealing with anxiety in any way, please feel free to reach out at any point. Happy to talk with you about it and help you look for resources if needed. Um, anything that I can do, you are not alone, but it is also not okay to keep struggling. So I want you to feel empowered to put your needs first right now and take care of you. Thanks for listening as always, and I will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Simply Healthy You podcast. If these episodes are resonating with you, go ahead and click that subscribe button and leave a review with all the great nuggets that you're taking away from today's episode. I promise you, I read every single one of them as your feedback is really valuable to me in creating future episodes. As your host, I look forward to having you join me for the next episode. But in the meantime, remember, keep it simple and eat more plants.